0: last episode on around the thorn what
1: the fuck yeah, yeah. is happening Apparently,
2: that's a thing you dead ass asked the girl in her dm what was good with her wait
0: wait wait i'm trying
1: to get laid wait make sure this is butter
3: this episode on Around the Thorn. My name is Joshua Albers. Uh, I was actually in Bachelorette and Bachelor in Paradise. You take a 1500 question, three hour personality exam. They know what's going to set people off. You'll run out of oxygen to breathe before they let you run out of alcohol.
2: I'm Caroline and welcome back to Round the Thorn. Last week, we talked all about Ben Higgins, and this week, one of the best seasons, in my opinion, is JoJo. I'm very excited to talk about it. Um, I'm a rising senior at Syracuse University, and I'm from New York City. And tonight, I have five eligible podcast winners with me, and they are gonna introduce themselves. So I would like you to let me know your name, something about you, and then, a first impression, Kristen and Luke roll up to the mansion in an interesting vehicle. What would be your vehicle of choice? So, let's start with Savit.
4: Hi, I'm Savit. I'm a rising junior at University of Miami. And uh, I don't know, I played basketball, ran track and played football in high school. So I guess that's my fact. And if I had to pull up in a car, I'd to pull up into Bentley, you know? Nice mix of class, nice mix of sport. It's got to have both, you
2: know? Right. Our winner from last week, Mr. Butter, Jake Boxer. Welcome back.
1: Thanks so much for having me back, Caroline. Excited to be here. My name's Jake. I am a rising sophomore at Northwestern University.
2: A baby. And if
1: I had to have a vehicle of choice to enter, whoever had the unicorn, whoever strapped that, I would do that without the strap. <laughs> the unicorn's a stretch, but a
3: horse is a great call. So just
2: a horse, not a unicorn. Yeah, That's more
3: subtle.
2: Exactly. Yeah, okay. <laughs>
3: Joshua, what about you? Uh, my name is Joshua Albers. I am in, uh, apparently so far, I'm the old man in this group. <laughs> I have been uh, out of college for over 10 years now. Uh, I was actually in Bachelorette and Bachelor in Paradise. Wow. As for entering the mansion, vehicle-wise, man, I'd have to go with an old classic car. Something reliable, old American muscle, probably. Mustang, perhaps. Oh,
2: that would be cool. Has someone done that? No, right?
3: i don't think so i don't
2: think so i
5: mean i would <laughs> philip how about you i'm philip i'm a uh, rising junior at syracuse university and um yep roll orange oh
2: my god ew don't do
5: that <laughs> um i'd pull up probably in like a beamer or something a beamer yeah <laughs>
2: and finally avery <laughs> uh,
5: hi i'm
0: avery i'm a rising junior at WashU u in st louis um if i was gonna pull up in a vehicle, you up know, I'm going to be the odd man out here. I might show up in something a little more fun, like maybe like a go-kart, like, you know, an activity-based thing. Maybe it'll make me stand out in a good way, maybe a bad way, but... I'll take the standing out no matter what.
2: Can you use go-karts on a not go-kart track? Oh yeah. Is that a dumb question?
0: I'm being creative already, you
4: know?
2: We'll we'll find out when I do it. All right, so now that we know a little more, I think it's time for a cocktail party in the lieu of The Bachelor. So, some Bachelor seasons end in true love, but all tend to end in heartbreak. Are Bachelor producers and viewers selfish to use contestants' definite heartbreak for public enjoyment? Let's start with Philip. What do you think about that?
5: I mean, yeah, like um, JoJo, she definitely led on a ton of dudes in that episode. Like a ton of dudes. She's heartbreaking dudes <laughs> left and right. Um, I felt kind of bad, like Derek or whatever. She kind of did him dirty. She did him dirty. Felt like she led on like a ton of dudes, but like, I mean, it's kind of hard not to if you're in a house with like thirty other guys. So mm-hmm. you just got to be the top of the pack.
2: So do you think it's selfish of the producers of the show?
5: Well, no, they gotta show everything in the show. So I thought it's a good idea on their part.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, what about use of it?
4: Well, I mean, I think that like the heartbreak and like all the playing, all this stuff, that just adds to the show. Like not gonna lie, but there's just so much drama, like so much going on. I just like couldn't look away. Entertainment value. It has to be, it has to be. I I don't think it's all real either. Like it's gotta be like planned out in some regard, but like it's just, I couldn't watch without that if I'm being on, I think so. I mean like some of it's just too much. Like just doesn't seem real.
2: It's America's most loved television show. (laughs) Okay, what do you think, Jake?
1: So I actually looked it up the other day, and I think it's like 11% of Bachelor proposals at the end of seasons actually work out or are still working out. 11%?
2: That's appalling.
1: Yeah. So I think, like, the producers that have been doing this for a while, so they definitely know that they're all not gonna work out and ingrained in, like, the drama and nature of the show or people like Chad, who kind of reminds me of Avery.
0: (laughs) You know, you know what? I knew this was coming. I knew someone was going to say that's who I am.
1: You're
2: already shooting shots. Let's calm down. All right, Let all right. Let Jake finish.
1: I just think that's part of the nature of the show. And in other words, they're 100% capitalizing on heartbreak for entertainment. Not that it's a bad thing. People love it. I see your point.
2: And Avery, how are you going to rebuttal your uh, your friend up there?
0: Yeah, you know what? I'm going to be the optimist here and say, you know, love is everything. You got to put it out there. And what people choose to watch and see is their prerogative. and. I'll believe in love right now, you know? Gotta go for that. Um, As for Boxer's comment about me uh, being Chad, you know, I take a little offense, but (laughs) everyone's entitled to say what they want, and I'm gonna be respectful (laughs) and uh, not retort. So I'm gonna take the the high road here.
2: And finally, Joshua, what do you think? As an ex-contestant, do you feel that the producers were just banking on your heartbreak?
3: Man, I just, I feel like I have so much knowledge to enlighten you guys with here. Uh, yeah, it, I'm it's, sure. It's, it's really kind of hard for me to uh, answer these questions without a bias, but the producers, I mean, that's their job. They're doing what they're paid to do. They they have it down to a science to get reactions out of people. I mean, you just got to keep 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 in mind that the tears that you see over heartbreak aren't necessarily tears for the heartbreak as it shows on television. Tea! The producers do take advantage. They will, uh, you know, they, they say things they know will trigger tears.
2: Oh, my goodness. Wow.
3: They have nothing to do with being sent home or being rejected. So
2: That's a real marketing tactic right there.
3: <laughs> yeah, you, you take a 1,500-question, three-hour personality exam. What? They know what's going to set people off. They, they, know, they know what your trigger points are. So it's pretty crazy.
2: Going off of that, a lot of pressure is put on each contestant's first kiss, especially with The Bachelor. At. So, with that being said, I want to hear your first kiss story. So, Joshua, you want to start for us?
3: I was and still am but just not to the extent of incredibly painfully shy guy when it came to the female sex
5: Aww.
3: it's kind of embarrassing my very first legitimate kiss that i knew what i was doing uh was actually my freshman year in college oh wow, wow. and my mm-hmm. first kiss on the show i was the last of the guys to kiss her so you were nervous oh man terrified oh. terrified like wells like well That's for last That's for it's last it's
2: not like you're on national television six
3: oh cameras God. in your face so <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> Freshman year of college would be my first. Okay.
2: Philip, what, what's your first kiss story? Now
5: thinking about it, um back in high school, like we I was just at a party. Yep. Uh yeah, so we were at a party and like I don't know, I was just with this girl and like You were just um, chilling. I don't know. We were just chilling, like she seemed into me. Right. And then just kind of happened. Just I didn't really know. I wasn't too great. But you like, were great. Right. You didn't know you were doing it. It's the first time, but like it is what it is. It, it was a good time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How old were you? I want to say
4: fifteen.
2: Okay. What about you, Savit? Am I saying your name right? Can you correct me, please? Savit. Savit. My apologies.
4: No worries. No worries. Uh, <laughs> for me, it was my freshman year of high school. I was in the movie theater, like a bunch of us, like a bunch of my friends, and like a
2: classic my, my
4: story. Current,
2: Oh, your current
4: girlfriend? No, 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 like, at the time, like, my freshman oh, year high school I thought you meant your girlfriend now no. was there. No, 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 no. We were hanging out in the arcade, and, like, we were just vibing. It
2: sounds like a that so raven episode.
4: <laughs> we went in the photo booth, like, to take a picture, but, uh, one of my buddies, like, loved the kid, not the brightest kid, but, uh, he was just, like, standing there and, like, kept peeking his head in the photo booth. Ooh, he
2: was cock-blocking you. Yeah,
4: and I was like, bro, can you, like, and he was like, Why? Are you guys about to? Are you guys about to like, like kiss or something? Because like I never kiss a girl at this point, and my girlfriend just looks at him and goes, Yeah. Leave. And he was like, Bad oh, bitch. Okay. And it was, I, I was, I was really bad. I was told after, but like that's when it happened. She so,
2: <laughs> told you you were bad?
4: Yeah, within like five seconds. So like it's okay. It's a learning process, but it's
2: okay. That is a tough look. Avery, how do you follow up? On that?
0: So I was fifteen. I was at camp i have a twin sister so it was actually one of her friends oh and my sister was the one who kind of actually helped to set it up and all the counselors Ooh. were there and they were trying to get us you know a little privacy we were at this big arcade
2: what's up with you guys in arcades like am i am i missed did i miss out on the arcade kiss when i was younger
4: arcades to play every time
0: i don't know it's, it's kind of a move you know running around trying to get away from the counselors in the arcade and we ended up going under the stairs and it was both of our first kisses so it was pretty sweet. Little Camp romance.
2: So cute. Were you? Did she, t- did she tell you that you were bad after as well? I
0: think we were both bad, but I was fortunate enough to kiss someone I really liked and who really liked me. So it was a good experience, which I don't think everyone has, but definitely have a soft spot still. Uh, so definitely gonna keep names
2: out of my mouth. Jake, what was, I don't even want to know what the hell your first kiss was. (laughs) What was it?
1: It's actually a really bad story. (laughs) It wasn't a, like a real kiss or anything, but I was like shy back in the day, and I think it was at camp, and it was like a a quick, like two second kiss. I was like in early middle school. The sad part, or the really bad part, is that like fast forward three years, I was actually at a funeral for one of my family members. Okay,
2: this took a turn.
1: (laughs) And she was also there. You
2: had your first kiss at a funeral.
1: (laughs) No, no, no. The first kiss was three years before. I then see her at a funeral three years later. And then after like quick like funeral small talk, she was, I was actually wondering why she was there.
4: (laughs) What the fuck is funeral small talk?
1: And it turns out not blood related, but she is one of my distant cousins. (laughs)
5: Bruh.
2: Shut the <laughs> fuck.
0: Parkinson. I need to take a sip of wine for that one. No, there's
2: no way, Jake. There's simply no way. Uh,
0: I, I, don't, it was, I don't want to talk about it
1: anymore. How old were you watching. when
2: this occurred?
1: Young, like fifth, sixth grade, I think.
2: Oh, uh, wow. On that <laughs> note. <laughs> We are going to have our first rose ceremony, which, I, like, honestly, I, I don't know how I'm going to send any of you home, but um, it is my hardest decision. I have three roses, and there are five of you. So I'm going to have to send two of you home today So the first rose goes to... Joshua, we have to come on. Will you accept my rose?
3: Hey, I'll take it. <laughs>
2: Thank you. <laughs> um, my second rose goes to Oh my god, this is hard. I'm having, like I'm emotional. Okay. Jake, Mm -hmm. I'm going to give it to you. Only because I pity you (laughs) and you really kissed your cousin.
1: (laughs) distant cousin, but I will gladly accept your rose. The more you
0: explain it, the worse it
2: is. (laughs) Now there are three of you and I only have one rose. So my final rose goes to Avery. Will you accept my rose? Caroline, you know I (laughs) do. That means Philip, Savit, I'm so sorry. I'm gonna have
4: to say
5: goodnight. Thank you so much for joining us.
2: Thank you. And I hope you have a good night. Yep,
5: thanks Caroline. Bye. <laughs> all right, well, I just got word that um I did not receive a rose from Caroline, so that was a little tough. I mean, I'm a little disappointed. I feel like I didn't really get the chance to really talk too much, but it is what it is. If that's what she wanted, then it's all right. I had a great time on the show. It was a ton of fun, and I'm wishing everyone the best of luck.
4: Got eliminated in the first round. It's okay. I'll take it. I mean, I get it. I'm intimidating. Everyone's kind of worried, you know, I'm a bit exotic, a bit out there. Totally understand. Might have scared some people, but uh, I'll come back next year and uh, I'll be better. I'll be stronger and uh, hopefully I'll take it all the way. So.
2: All right, round two. Oh, I can't even look at Jake, I'm gonna be up. <laughs> <laughs>
1: this show has brought out the worst stories in me. <laughs>
2: okay, so round two, a group date. <laughs> the first question is, the fantasy suite is always a hot bachelor topic. What is the longest you could date someone without having sex with them? That's a big thing in Bachelor, like in the lieu of the show. Like they wait a while. I mean, I'm assuming like the fantasy week what? Like how many episodes are in a season? Like 12 or something? You, you want to answer that question for me?
3: <laughs> uh, well, I don't know episodes. I know it's about nine weeks of filming and there's probably...
2: So it's a long time.
3: Yeah, nine weeks of filming, but there's four weeks worth of shows per week. So every Monday you watch it, it was actually about four days. To filming. Oh,
2: wow, okay. All right, so we can start with you then. What is the longest you could date someone without having sex with them? We're getting deep into your business here. <laughs>
3: <laughs> the longest I could go before sex. I'm kind of old fashioned. I mean, I'm the old man out of this group. Uh, I got to go a few weeks before, you know. Good conversations. Yeah, man. I can't just be like, hey, what's your name? I want in your pants. Uh, <laughs> a
2: respectable man.
3: <laughs> at least three or four dinners, two good movies, and a couple of drunk evenings.
2: I. That's a great answer. You got to throw in the drunk evenings with that, though.
3: Naturally. Is your first sex ever sober? <laughs> Fuck
2: no. <laughs> Absolutely not. Jake, what about you? What's <laughs> I'm so scared. What's <laughs> the longest you could go without a week's sex? I
1: actually think it's interesting that Joshua answered in terms of dates. I like, my first thought was like four to six weeks. I, in terms of dates, I would say seven or eight. Maximum. Like I'm talking, like I really like this girl, and I think that length is good.
2: I feel like for some reason, if you really like her, you'll wait longer, and if you don't like her that much and you're for sex, you don't care. Definitely agree. That's what I would do. <laughs> Avery, what about? What do you think in terms of time dates?
0: Time dates, they're definitely a factor, but it's it also is like where you guys are and like what you've talked about and like where you establish yourself. Like with my first girlfriend ever. Um, we waited a little bit, and uh, I think we just waited till we were sure that we were exclusive when we really were together. But I'm, I'm gonna use the line that my mom always told me growing up. Um, oh. <laughs> treat a guy how you want to uh, treat, oh my God, treat a girl or a guy <laughs> or whoever, both, you know, It goes both ways. Love boys. Treat a girl how you'd want a guy to realistically treat your sister as a brother who's very protective. I would definitely appreciate a guy waiting, so I think a girl would probably appreciate if I waited until they were ready, and until we had, you know, enough time to get to know each
2: other. Because he's saying all the right things, ladies. <laughs> all the respectable right things. Such
3: a sad answer. Strong answer.
2: We're gonna play a little game called Take It or Leave It. So I'm gonna tell you my opinion. You can either take that opinion and run with it, or you can leave that opinion. You can tell me why you don't agree with it Jordan charms JoJo on night one, winning the first impression rose. Daniel, on the other hand, pokes belly button, strips naked, and dives in the pool like a class <laughs> act. Here's my opinion, ladies. Take it or leave it. Is it possible to overcome a bad first impression? So my opinion is yes. Oh yeah. Maybe some girls like getting their belly buttons poked. I don't know. Maybe that's something they're into. I like you know. I don't know, Jake. What what do you? Is it is it possible? I mean, you've had a lot of interesting first impressions. So I'm sure ladies have had to ditch those. Yeah,
1: I think that, that's why I've never had a really serious girlfriend. Uh, but I do. It's got dark
2: really fast.
1: <laughs> but I do think it's possible though. Although it depends. I think, as Joshua said, it's nine weeks of filming in The Bachelor. Like I think that's definitely enough time to overcome a first impression, but there's definitely an amount of time needed. Like, if you see someone twice, that first impression's not being overcome.
2: You don't think? What if they wow you the second time?
1: For example, when I forgot how to buy butter, like, the <laughs> my friend's parent, like, has thought of me as the dumbest person since. And there's no overcoming it because that was the first impression.
2: You did buy, I can't believe it's not butter when you were asked to buy butter and all you, okay. That's all. (laughs) Watch last week's episode if you want to watch Jake make a fool out of himself. Joshua, is it possible to overcome a first
3: impression? Absolutely, people understand other people and you know that you're nervous first time you meet somebody you have Especially with on TV. Yeah, you're terrified. Honest to God. I forgot my name when I got out of the limo Oh my goodness. I completely forgot to introduce myself to both girls and they had to actually ask me what my name was Uh, (laughs) It's very possible to overcome uh, a bad first impression you just have to understand that people are nervous.
2: And do you think in bachelor world you you have to be open minded to get over that first impression, the bad first impression.
3: Oh person? yeah, especially especially being the bachelor or the bachelorette, you know, they've been there. They've been in the shoes of the person who's most likely made an ass out of themselves. Right. To know that you're coming out tripping on your own feet because you've you've never had four cameras on, you've never had a, a microphone boom in your face. It's just it's an entirely different world. So they, they definitely understand it.
2: Got it. And Avery, do you think it's possible? Are you taking my opinion? I'm gonna
0: take most of it and leave a little bit. Oh, are you? I I, 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 (laughs) am. Kind
2: of rude, kind of rude. Not to agree with me, but it's fine. I think
0: anybody can overcome a bad first impression, except if that first impression really crosses a moral line that that other person has. Mm. I think there are some things that are not recoverable from if you really breach someone's, you know, comfortability with you or you cross certain lines, but I think for the most part, I do believe in second chances. So if I have to take it or I have to leave it, I'm definitely gonna take it and be hopeful that you can overcome a first impression because a first impression is one time and you have so many impressions after and you get to know someone after the first one. The first one is just an introduction.
2: Team, I'm I'm processing. In my opinion, I've gotten a hell of a lot of bad first impressions. (laughs) And I think the important thing to do is to give people second chances, because you never know, like Joshua said, you never know what someone's thinking that day, what someone's doing. Although I will say stripping naked and poking belly buttons. If someone naked poked my belly button, I'd probably be like, what the actual fuck? And I'd probably push them in the pool, but, you know, maybe they were hammered, maybe they're a freak, maybe they didn't take their meds that day. I don't know what's going on, but I think it's an, it's important to give second chances. So with all that being said, I do have to have a rose ceremony, which is about not giving second chances.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so, Oh my God,
2: I'm scared. So I only have two roses and there are three of you. And now that I'm doing this, I feel like, God, these women and these men must feel so conflicted. <laughs> but my first rose goes to... Avery, because I respected your moral compass and I respected your honesty. So will you accept my rose? I
0: accept your rose. I'm, I'm shocked, but I, I, I accept it. You're shocked. <laughs> Why are you I shocked? I, I didn't think I was gonna make it. You know, there's some- there's some stiff competition out here I'm mean, with uh, two real mensches, so good guys. Confidence
2: <laughs> is key. And then, oh god, my second rose and final rose goes to... Joshua. Give ah.
3: Rose. Uh, yes, ma'am.
2: Jake, I have loved everything you have given me on these past <laughs> two episodes. I will miss you dearly, but I'm gonna have to say goodbye. It's been a
1: pleasure. Good luck, guys.
5: Have a great night.
1: (sighs) I don't know what happened. I've enjoyed every minute on this show. Some stories I wanted to tell, stories I didn't want to tell. Avery and Joshua, both formidable opponents, and I wish them the best.
2: Okay, now for my favorite part of Bachelor ever, the two on one because it makes everybody uncomfortable and (laughs) everybody wants to watch it. (laughs) Let's start with Wells is a relatable person for a lot of guys, a cool relatable guy. Are you the type of person to make a move no matter what or wait for the perfect time? Let's start with Avery.
0: I think with someone, I'm definitely going to make it aware if I'm interested. Uh, I think it's not great to not be forward in some sort of way. However, I'm going to wait for the right time to make a move because I think, you know, you want it to be reciprocated. I get nervous like everyone else.
2: You're a regular old guy. Yeah,
0: regular guy. (laughs) But Jake, who's just kicked off, is calling me Chad. So maybe I'm not. You are
2: not a Chad from what I understand. Chad is a different breed of human being.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I think waiting for the right time is smart and respectable. I think it's appreciated. And you know, you wanna have a good moment when you make that move and make a connection. So I'm gonna say you wait, but you're also a little forward and indicate that a move might be coming.
2: You essentially just don't wanna make an ass out of yourself.
0: Yes, but I'm also willing to be the ass instead of them, if that makes any sense. Like I'll I'll take- Oh, so you're gonna
2: take the fall for your girl? That's so cute of you. (laughs) Joshua, is there a right time or are you just gonna make your move no matter what?
3: I look for the right time, but I I want it to be, you know, I want to sense that it's the right time for the both of us, but I, I don't want it to be so predictable that she does see it coming. Good
2: point. You don't want to bore her.
3: Right, and you don't want to mouth rape her. You don't want to get in there too quick, and <laughs> you know,
2: you just like stick your tongue down her throat, and she's like, "What the
3: fuck?" Yeah. <laughs> so it, you need you need to be able to feel how uh, how she's vibing and and know know it's the right time, but not very not overly predictable, like being stuck up in a a Ferris wheel. Just the two of you. I mean, that's oh my God.
2: Ew. come I on. Hate that. Those are my least favorite Bachelor moments. When it's like they're in the hot air balloon in Ireland and they make. I'm like, okay. Oh, they're, so
0: they're, they're trapped like... there. They don't have a choice. I mean, <laughs> how is that the right moment? Yeah.
2: They die. They're dying together. <laughs> okay. Well, like I said earlier, my favorite thing of Bachelor history, maybe, although Corinne is a whole other situation. She's one of my favorites as well because that girl's off her shit. JoJo's Two on One with Alex and Chad (laughs) is a historical night for Bachelor Deal Breakers. Chris Harrison describes Chad as one of the most explosive, most outrageous bad boys we ever had. Around the Thorn producer, Mary Grace McMillan, describes Alex as just real short. What is your biggest deal breaker in a relationship? Looking back on this two-on-one, when these two meatheads go hand in hand for whose meat is bigger, I have literally never cried harder, like laughing in my entire fucking life. So Joshua, what's your biggest deal breaker in a relationship, and how did you feel about the two-on-one, Alex and Chad? I
3: thought the two-on-one was funny.
2: Is it a good reflection of the two-on-one, or is it just
3: publicity both I mean they put they put two people together that they know are gonna clash they need the drama they're not There's gonna put so two buddies together they know those yeah. two are gonna butthead so they throw them together so yeah it's is accurate representation on, on how it is they roll on that show I mean everything is so calculated it's insane it blows your mind I'm sure it does. Deal breaker for me is what, you know, what guy doesn't want a beautiful woman? My deal breaker is a beautiful woman who knows that she is. Well,
2: oh, that's a creative uh, one.
3: Yeah, all of a sudden you're sitting around, you're both kind of in your scrubs, your lounge pants or whatever, and you're like, hey, let's go grab a bite to eat or something. And if she knows that she's going to get looked at and she wants to get dressed to the nines. Fuck that. Or she's always, oh, hair, hair, you know. He, yeah. No, nah. I mean, she's got to be gorgeous and not really know it. Mm.
2: She's got to be modest. She has to be. She yeah, has to accept what she looks like. I respect that. As someone who uh doesn't get dressed up very often, I understand that. <laughs> Avery, what's your biggest deal breaker? Um,
0: uh, my biggest deal breaker. Maybe this is talking just from my personal experience. Um. I think the biggest deal breaker for me is uh, communication. I think it, not even being, if you're a bad communicator, some people are better at expressing themselves than other. but having the willingness to talk through problems when they occur, like that's what's gonna allow for like longevity in a relationship. Like it's not always mm. gonna be smooth sailing.
2: Okay, relationship advice.
0: We don't know if it worked out with me. I keep, keep my personal out of it a little bit, but um, I think someone who's willing to talk to you about, you know, the problems that they have and the problems that they have specifically with you is really important and it's, it's not how they go about it even it's just that they're willing to try and I think that's what my deal breaker is is you know someone who's really unwilling to try to communicate that's not someone I could be serious with for a long period of time you know maybe that's a shorter type of thing a less serious relationship but if I'm really looking uh for the one at the age the of long 20. Term, the lo- the
2: long term. Yes one, yeah.
0: the one at the age of 20. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> She's got to be able to talk out stuff with me. I love
2: that you're walking down the aisle it's fine like mm-hmm. you're 20. What did you think about Chad and Alex's two-on-one?
0: I think Chad is a problem, (laughs) and I think Alex and Chad highlights the Chad problem, but was good for Alex in a way, because, you know, you really get the real clashing of the titans, so to say. And I think they both kind of set their own graves there. Really? Uh, I think it didn't look good on either of them. It didn't only look bad on Chad. It also looked bad on Alex. I agree. And if we, you know, our two on right right now, I think uh, Joshua and I, we are doing a much better job with you than they did. So (laughs) I'll take the two of us. Maybe we're not the same meatheads as they are, but, you know, we get along. (laughs) You're keeping it civil.
2: I think, my biggest deal breaker, because I want to answer this question. I think my biggest deal breaker is when a guy says one thing to you and acts another to everybody else. We're dating, we're together, we're exclusive. Everybody knows that, but you're talking to me, and then we go out in public and you're, you're treating me like shit in front of your friends, you're being a dick, you're not being responsive. Like, bye, deal breaker. Pissed off, peace out, leave, dab out. I hate. I hated that. I wish I hadn't done that. <laughs> but okay, you both handled the two on one very well. No, Alex and Chad's here. No.
3: I didn't have my protein. <laughs>
2: Fuck, you didn't get leg like, day enough. <laughs> my final rose ceremony, guys. This is hard. And I think if I were genuinely in this position, I would lit, like we shit on the girls and the guys for having to make these decisions, but like. Being, doing this show for the past couple weeks, this is, it's just hard every single time. Like it really is. So, my first and final rose. Oh my God, stop, I'm really tired. (laughs) Uh,
4: Joshua.
2: Will you accept my final rose?
3: Yes, ma'am. I'm, flattered.
2: I'm so sorry, Avery. That means I'm gonna have to send you home, but I loved having you on tonight. Thank you so much for <laughs> being Thank you
0: for having me, you know. The best man
2: won. That's
0: how it goes. See you guys. Have a good night. See you go. No, it was tough making it to that final, uh, final two, and not getting the rose, but I'm happy with the journey. It was great to be with everyone and to hear everyone's thoughts. Uh, Maybe next time, maybe I'll be in a spinoff, who knows? Maybe you'll see me in another episode, but uh, it was good to be here. I'm a little choked up with the emotions, but uh, thanks for having me and thanks for listening.
2: Joshua, welcome to the fantasy suite. (laughs) All (laughs) right. So, just basically, I just want to hear one minute spitfire of your thoughts on JoJo's season in comparison to your experience with The Bachelor. And... That's right.
3: that starts right now. I might be a little bit biased, but I think Caitlin got the best group of guys to date. We had a lot of good guys. So did she
2: deserve it? I don't know about that, but I...
3: <laughs> no, their guys were so much different. They they had a lot of um, they had a lot of two faced guys. It seems like on their season more than on on JoJo's season than it did on ours. Mm-hmm. Uh, Caitlin only had a couple of guys that were pretty dicky. Uh, yeah. The rest the rest of the guys got along great. Just a lot of good camaraderie and everybody was so friendly and that's that's the tough part about the show is that if everybody gets along too well they have to fabricate drama. They have
2: to create something, yeah. Right. Do so you think, right. in your season, do you think that, how, how do you feel about your season looking back on it now that they did her episode, was it two weeks ago, I believe? Yeah, yeah two weeks ago. How, how do you feel thinking back on it? A little behind the scenes. Yeah, <laughs>
3: they did most of us very well. Uh, They did screw over JJ and Clint by making them look like they were coupling up. Uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. I didn't mind it because I didn't like either of the guys. So I was okay with it. Uh, and it was funny that you brought up how you don't like how one guy says something to your face and then they're completely different behind your back. And that's, you know, that's exactly why I had I had gotten Clint sent home. Ooh, tea! <laughs> a lot of people are like, guy, you're such a rat, you're a horrible person, why, you know, stay out of her business. But what viewers didn't see is how Clint was treating one of the female producers uh, behind the cameras. So there was about nine of us guys. Oh,
2: we don't like that, Clint. We don't like uh, that, Clint.
3: No. Some of us guys were in the room. We were talking, you know, having our, our bro time, as they call it. And I looked beyond the cameras. I saw Clint was kind of aggressively grabbing a female producer's arm. And she looked directly at me. Her eyes were like this big. I left the room where we were where we were shooting. And I grabbed her and I asked what was going on. And she said that he had, he was drunk. We were still in the mansion. So they, they pretty much force feed booze down your throat. Oh, they
2: do? I didn't know I, that. I
3: thought they tapped you. Oh, no. No.
2: No. <laughs> okay, I, I didn't know that.
3: <laughs> you'll run out of oxygen to breathe before they let you run out of alcohol.
2: Oh, I love that for you guys.
3: <laughs> she said that he was he was grabbing her, trying to convince her to give him more one-on-one time with Caitlyn. So,
2: oh my God. When I had
3: my time with Caitlyn, I sat her down and I was like, Look, I understand that you think you have this idea of some of these guys, but let me share with you about Clint. And I told her you know, how he was treating one of the female producers and that's when she stormed off and...
2: Good for you! Telling it how it is, though. And you're right, it touches on exactly what my deal-breaker was. It's like, no one likes a liar. No one likes a two-faced person.
3: No, I mean, and, and it's. I think it's only fair that... And a lot, of, a lot of people kept telling me, you know, mind your own business. You're not here to find a husband just for her. Let her figure it out for herself. But it's hard for somebody in her position or even the bachelor's position to know how the others all act yeah. in a mansion amongst... The others. Yeah. And Clinton and JJ were assholes, you know, to, to the guys. And so...
2: Their bromance was too strong for everybody else.
3: Yeah. And you should... It's not right to let her go on thinking that they're good people when you actually see their true colors. That's why I did that. But so I can't i can't speak for all the guys in JoJo's season because I only saw them as the camera saw them. Yeah. But I think we had the best guys. I mean, I still keep in touch with a few of them. and Oh, wow.
2: Really great. Sean
3: came to my wedding. Oh, wow. I chat with Ben. I talk with Tanner and uh, a few of the other guys, so. So
2: it does create some sort of bond between you guys.
3: Yeah, you're experiencing something with these people that most of the country never ever will. So you have that bond that you you can't share with anybody else, you know? I got my very best friends in the world that I don't have a bond with them. Like I do these guys that I knew for, you know, four weeks.
2: And just my final question. In comparison to Chris Harrison, how am I doing? And Do you have any notes for me?
3: Uh, well, I mean, I feel like you're being a little bit... You, you have one necked shoulder. No, you're doing good. You just you need to find your catchphrase. I need a catchphrase, okay. Sort of like your little Kalen. This is your final rose. Got it. When you're ready. Just mechanics. Okay.
2: I'll take that into consideration.
3: You gotta you gotta have the one same move and the same words for every single one of these things. Like maybe when you before you hand out your rose, be like, bitches. Bitches? I got three of these sons of bitches roses.
2: Okay, I'll be like, Well ladies, the time has come for you bitches. To get off my podcast. I
3: like it. There it is. Okay. Yeah, I'll yeah. try it out. Exit this shit.
2: I would love to invite you back next week if you would like to come. And will you accept my final rose, bitch?
3: <laughs> Hell yeah.
2: <laughs> great. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on tonight. And I hope you have a great night.
3: You as well. Thank you.
2: Well, ladies, you heard it. I have no roses left, bitches. Peace out.